Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Paddling Fiction. I am your host, Johnny Profita. I'm flying solo today. Johnny, the Jew Mandel, sitting this one out. It's probably a good thing, too, for his sake, because I'm pretty fired up. Couple, I got a couple things on my mind. I, it's tax season. And, and I sat down, been going through, been going over my papers from the last year trying to figure out how much the government stole from me and how much I, I may potentially owe them as, <laughs> I don't know, according to some people, it's the price we pay for a civilized society. Others still claim that it's due to some social contract that I don't recall signing. But the main thing that's got me fired up, and I will deal with those two arguments another day, because the main thing that's got me fired up is that, I mean, taxation is theft, okay? It, it's theft, and I'm going to prove it over the next half hour or so. But almost as absurd as this whole taxation system is, is the notion that it's based on voluntary compliance, as if I want to go through the excruciating, excruciatingly dull experience of complying with the government's tax code and taking taking precious weekend hours to voluntarily submit to the system of theft that the government has put in place. I mean, this is an absurd notion that only a government could come up with and get away with, that I'm voluntarily going through this process, this financial equivalent of a colonoscopy, I do so voluntarily, that I want to voluntarily just hand over 25, 30, 40% of my income, whatever it may be, 40% of what I, what I worked hard for. I just want to hand that over to the federal government. Every time I think about it, it just gets me pretty fired up. And I think for my own sanity, I just need to sit down and vent a little bit into the microphone. So... And I do have to apologize. There's something screwy going on with the audio um, during this episode. Um, I, w- I was using a different program, and I don't know. It's 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 not terrible, but it's not exactly where I'd want it to be. So um, bear with me. I am borderline retarded when it comes to technology, so I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out. But anyway, here we go. Okay, so to this day... The IRS, if you ask the IRS if paying income tax is voluntary, they'll, they'll tell you that it is. They'll say yes. But if you don't volunteer, they'll say you have to volunteer, right? 
So, and it's not really voluntary compliance. It's compulsory compliance. And they'll try to give you this bullshit argument. In fact, I remember discussing this with my girlfriend at the time who was a lawyer. Not a tax lawyer, but it was funny because she gave me the exact same load of crap that a tax lawyer would or that somebody that worked for the IRS. But they'll say that it's like traffic laws. You know, you stop at a stop sign voluntarily. And if you don't stop and a cop sees you, then you get a ticket. And my girlfriend at the time was like, oh, well, you know, it's voluntary compliance. It's like traffic laws. You voluntarily stop at a stop sign. The IRS will claim that paying the income tax, and apparently my ex-girlfriend, dear, dear friend of the show, by the way, she will claim in all of her status glory that paying the income tax is based on voluntary compliance. And that makes sense to a lot of people. I I guess because, you know, it's not like there's a cop sitting in the back of your seat, in, in the back seat of your car, forcing you to stop at a stop sign. You do so voluntarily, right? And if you don't, then maybe you get a ticket. You see, that's not voluntary. If there is a punishment for not doing something, then that's not voluntary. You're only doing it because you don't want to suffer the punishment. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. This is pretty straightforward. It should be a very simple concept. If there is a punishment for not doing something, then you're doing that thing, whatever it is, is not being done voluntarily. You're only doing it because you don't want to suffer the, co- the negative consequences for not complying. By definition, you know, government likes to take these words and twist the meaning around literally by definition. That's what that means. Think about those fucking red turn arrows. Oh, my God, I hate these things. You guys have seen these pointless, you know, these pointless arrows. You have the left turn arrow, right, that turns green and it gives you the right of way to turn left. Well, you know, some fucking genius out there thought it'd be a great idea if you were only allowed to turn left when that arrow is is green. And so they made a red light arrow to go along with the green. Now, normally, absent these red turn arrows, when the light is green and there's no income, there's no oncoming traffic, you would turn left when it's safe to turn left. You would look at oncoming traffic. You'd see there's a break in the traffic. The light is green. You turn left like an adult. But, you know, leave it to the nanny state to take away our right. Turn left on a green light. Turn left when it's safe. And this is ridiculous. No, no. You You can't be trusted to turn left. You can only turn left on the green arrow. So while the light is green, even though there's no oncoming traffic, There's no traffic in your way. There are no cars coming. You can see for miles that there are no cars coming. You sit there in the middle of the intersection like a lemming waiting for the light to change even though it's perfectly safe for you to turn. And you wait. You sit there and you wait for that red arrow to turn green. And it's usually an entire light cycle. And why? Why do you sit there and wait? Because you're afraid to get a ticket. That's not voluntary. Cops see you sees you turning, and you don't have that green turn arrow. You know, you'll get a ticket. If it were up to you, you'd turn when it was safe to turn. Drive right through that red light. Full disclosure, I turn left against those fucking red turn arrows all the time. If there are no cars coming, and I just execute my normal left-hand turn that I would at any other intersection that didn't have arrows... Adam Carolla turned me on to this. You know, you check your rear view mirror for cops, and if they aren't behind you, there's no way, there's just no way you're getting caught because it, it just looks like a normal left turn to everybody else in the universe. 
they don't know they don't know which traffic lights have red turn arrows and which ones don't um anyways i i sort of sort of got off on a little jag there maybe a, a red light at 2 a.m in the suburbs is a better example you could you could be stuck at a red light you're out in the suburbs I grew up in Wilmette, a great suburb of Chicago, and there's not a whole lot of traffic after a certain point in time. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, all these people are at home. They're with their families. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's a Tuesday night. You're sitting at a red light. Now, there are no cars around anywhere, anywhere, and you just sit there rotting away, wasting your life for fear of a traffic ticket. You're not sitting there voluntarily. That's not fucking voluntary. It takes every ounce of your willpower not to hit the gas, blow through that red light, and get on with your fucking life. And if it were up to you, that's exactly what you would do. It's exactly what I would do. I've sat there like a lemming. Pains me to admit that, but I have. The only reason, the only reason you sit there is because you're afraid you might get a ticket if you drive through it and some cop sees you. So... If there is a punishment for doing something or not doing something, then it's not voluntary. I mean, this is, I mean, this is so Orwellian. The government does this all the time. They take a word, right? They take a familiar word and just totally corrupt its meaning. And they basically use it in a context where it means the exact opposite of that word's definition. This is what they do with the income tax. They're claiming that you're voluntarily submitting your income tax forms. Voluntary, voluntary means I can choose to do something or I can choose not to do something, and there are no negative repercussions for not doing it. And of course, if you don't comply and you don't turn over your papers to the government, they'll throw you in a cage. That's real voluntary. Thanks a lot. Once you introduce a punishment of any kind, that's it. It's no longer voluntary. I mean, Jesus Wake up, people. We can't keep allowing them to get away with this shit. Why do we even go through the excruciating mental gymnastics of trying to convince you that the income tax is based on voluntary compliance? You ever think about that? Why, do they, why don't they just say it's compulsory? Uh, why, why go through this whole charade? I mean, after all, traffic lights aren't voluntary. Go ask a cop. Ask a cop. If you can decide whether or not to stop at a stop sign, ask him if it's voluntary. See what he says. So why why here? Why this? Why is the IRS why are the IRS laws voluntary when all the other laws, all of the other laws that government imposes on us are are compulsory? And I'm gonna go way out on a limb here and venture to guess that nobody listening has ever given this a second's worth of thought even though you know three months of your life are dedicated to paying these taxes and you will pay more in income taxes than you will for anything else, any other expense in your life. Oh, and you know, if it's so important, if income taxes are so important to the functioning of your beloved government and, and all your wise overlords depend on it, why risk having it be voluntary? Why risk having people not complying voluntarily, right? It seems kind of risky, doesn't it, to have the entire federal government resting on people voluntarily turning over 30% of their income? Ask, ask any good status, and they will tell you taxes are the price we pay for a civilized society. Why risk that 
why risk civilization on people voluntarily complying? You see, we have this pesky little thing called the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. And the Fifth Amendment says that no American can be compelled to turn over information to the government that can be used against them. I'm sure everyone listening is familiar with pleading the Fifth in court to avoid self-incrimination, right? We've all seen the the Law and Order shows or, oh God, even I just had... F- <laughs> I just had flashbacks to when, uh, uh, what's her face? What was the IRS agent? Lisa something? Lois Lerner. That's who it was. Lois Lerner. God, ironically, Lois Lerner pleads the fucking fifth. Oh, man. Um, I'm sure that was lost on most of you, most of you but she was like the head of the IRS when um, they were caught targeting conservative groups for... Um, uh, like additional scrutiny or they weren't giving them their 501c3 status because they were conservative groups. They were auditing them more. So she, she pleads the fifth in court. But, you know, ironic, yeah, the head of the IRS. And, of course, if you tried to do that, you just get thrown in jail. Uh, that's beside the point. Um, but, yeah, so I'm sure everyone, you know, is familiar with that aspect of it. But this is the other aspect of it. You, you don't have to be a witness against yourself. That's what the whole like the whole point of the Fifth Amendment. If the government wants information from you, that they're going to then they're they're going to take that information, they're going to turn around and use it against you in a court of law. You don't have to give it to them. That's the whole point of being read your Miranda rights when you're arrested. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Now, after they Mirandize you and you voluntarily confess or you give them information, yeah, they can use that because you gave it up voluntarily. Now they can take they can't take out a pair of pliers and start ripping off your fingernails or shoving bamboo up your fingernails until you confess. That wouldn't be voluntary, right? So what the Supreme Court has ruled is that anyone who provides a tax return to the IRS is actually a witness within the meaning of the 5th amendment. Me- meaning that the government can use any of the information on your tax return that you provide to them against you for tax crimes. It actually tells you this on the 1040 form in the fine print that the information you are providing can and will be used against you. And that's why they pretend that you filed it voluntarily. You see, if the government is going to use the information against you in a court of law, you can't be compelled to provide it to them without violating the Fifth Amendment. They can't force you to file a tax return and then turn around and use that tax return to charge you with tax crimes. They have to obtain it voluntarily. So they can't compel you to turn over your tax return because then they won't be able to charge you with a crime. But they can't charge you with a crime until they get a look at your tax returns. It's catch-22. So this whole thing is a farce. So to get around that, they just changed the meaning of the word. Voluntary now means compulsory. Problem solved. So now they can claim you filed your taxes voluntarily so that they can use your tax return against you to go after you for tax law violations. If, if somebody is charged with income tax evasion, the first piece of evidence the government will introduce will be their tax returns. And if you try to object on the grounds that it violates your Fifth Amendment rights, the judge will rule that you filed that return voluntarily so the state can use it against you. I mean, Jesus, this is how corrupt they are clearly not voluntary because they'll punish you for not filing. 
they will put you in jail for not filing your taxes. So how, how could that possibly be voluntary? It's the ultimate heads I win, tails you lose scenario. The only way for it to be voluntary is if there are no penalties for not filing. But the only way that they can get you for tax evasion is to use your tax returns against you. And the only way that they can use them against you is if you file them voluntarily. <laughs> if I mean, think about it. If people were actually compelled to file, they could write anything they wanted on these tax returns. You could lie your ass off because since it was compelled, they couldn't use it in court. This whole thing, this whole fucking thing is a farce. It's all based on bullshit lies and propaganda designed to control you. And so far... I've only really laid out one of the several ways the income tax violates the Constitution. And that's their document that they've sworn an oath to uphold. There are so many things about the income tax that are unconstitutional. Everything about it is unconstitutional. Do they give a shit? Of course not. I mean, the way the government and the courts view the income tax, they could tax us all at 100% of our income. They believe, and they've made this crystal clear. Listen to the way, uh, particularly the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes of the world, the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warrens, they believe, listen to the way they talk about your income, Elizabeth Warren, even just your your wealth, your property. They believe that 100% of everything that you make belongs to the federal government. And everything that they allow you to keep, whatever crumbs and scraps that they leave for you when they're done pillaging, that's a gift from the federal government. That's a gift from the government to you. You're, you're, you're welcome. The fact that tax rates are only 30% or 40% and not 100%, that's a gift. That's a gift from Ocasio-Cortez that she's only taking 70%. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, they, they firmly believe you are the property of the federal government. There's no other logical explanation their positions. I mean, what else are you? If they own 100% of everything that you earn, everything that you own, who, who belongs to whom? The U.S. is one of only two countries in the world, one of only two countries in the world that thinks it has a claim to your income that you earn when outside of the country. I mean, the balls on these fucking bureaucrats. Think about that. You could be born in the U.S., Move to a completely different country when, you know, when you're a child. The next day, right? You move to France. And the U.S. government still thinks it owns you and the fruits of your labor. Any dime you make overseas, a percentage of that belongs to our wise overlords. And until you renounce your citizenship, which, by the way, used to be free. Now the form costs like either $500 or $1,500. Until you renounce your citizenship, they're going to have a claim on you. They're going to have a claim to your income, your wealth, your possessions, your private property. So you tell me, are we a free people or are we all slaves? Once you've given the government the authority to tax all of your income at whatever rates they decide, if the government has a claim to all of our income and all we are allowed to keep is what they allow us to keep, what they decide we deserve... How the fuck are we a free people? And this gets to the crux of what I wanted to talk with uh, Mandel earlier. Think about it. I mean, we're all on one big plantation. You know, they want to, Ocasio-Cortez wants to decide how much money you deserve to have, how much income you deserve to have, how much wealth you deserve to have. They think 
that they have a superior claim to your income than you do. We are, we're on one big plantation, and the majority of you are either too brainwashed or too apathetic or too stupid to realize it. You know, most people think black people were on, on the plantation, and now they're off and we're all free Americans. You got it ass backwards. They never left the plantation, and instead of freeing the slaves, the rest of us fucking joined them. If the Founding Fathers realized that it could have gotten this bad, that we could have strayed so far from the, pr- the founding principles, I mean, they would have never created this country in the first place. You know, we were far freer under King George than we are now. I mean, Jesus, by a long shot. If they thought that this experiment in limited government and individual rights would have gotten this fucking out of control, where you could have a government that can confiscate 100% of people's income, that can basically take all of the wealth of all of the citizens, there's no chance they would have even bothered. They would have just paid the fucking tea tax. It was only 2%. They're getting off cheap. <laughs> but now, I mean, look look at what we have. Look at what has happened. We have an all-powerful government, and of course, that can't be legal, right? It violates the Constitution. The document that everyone holds in such high regard, the whole point of that document was to limit the powers of the federal government. You know, bind the government, bind the federal government in the chains of the Constitution. Well, I think it's safe to say that this whole thing, this whole experiment in limited government is a huge embarrassing failure of epic proportions. You know, it's like Lysander Spooner, pretty prominent abolitionist way back in the day. He said, I gotta help I don't butcher this, but he said the Constitution either authorizes the government that we have today or it's been powerless to stop it. Either way, it's unfit to exist. Okay, well... Enough of that. I think you guys get the point. I'm sure there are still millions of people out there, even after I laid out all the crooked and evil aspects of the income tax that the government has imposed on us. But I know that they're still thinking, yeah, okay, sure, maybe they pulled a fast one on us with this voluntary compliance and they created a loophole. But, you know, we need these taxes. This is, this is how we fund our government. This is the price we pay for a civilized society. And I think we all have a moral obligation to pay our taxes. I don't mind paying some taxes because, you know, it's who will build the roads and who will help the less fortunate among us. And so I want to address all those arguments. But first, I really want to smash the idea that there's something noble or inherently good about taxation, that, yeah, sure, maybe it's a little bad, but I'm willing to overlook the negative aspects of taxation because it's so important that we fund a government. And so I'm going to prove to you once and for all definitively that, yes, taxation is theft and if you support taxation in any way shape or form regardless of where the funds go what the funds are used for if you support taxation you are saying that you are okay with violently seizing people's property you're okay with theft and slavery this is an undeniable fact and i'm going to lay out the argument for it and this may be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of you but someday 
I know you will all thank me. Okay, so why is taxation theft? It's almost difficult to know where to start with this, but basically this, like so many other issues, it all comes down to property rights, okay? So I believe, we as libertarians believe, and I bet on the surface just about everybody will agree with what I'm about to say, even the most social justice warriors among us, the most liberal social justice warriors out there, I think they would have trouble arguing with this statement. And that is that every person has a right to, every person owns their own body, right? You actually hear lefty pro-choice people all the time constantly proclaiming, my body, my choice, right? Okay, so if I own my body, my body is my property and I own my property, I own the byproducts of the things that I produce using my body. I own my labor, in a sense. It's, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward statement. So I don't see how anyone can deny this logic or these ideas unless you're an advocate for slavery. I mean, what makes slavery immoral? Well, you're forcing people to work against their will, and you're taking all the fruits of their labor. You're denying them their right to self-ownership. You're violating their property rights. That's why. So as libertarians, we believe that you have a right to your body and you may do with it as you please as long as you don't violate the rights of others to do the same. So you can't, you can't use your rights to violate the rights of other people. These are fundamental human rights. The right of self-ownership, right of self-determination. Now, the government, they violate these rights in several ways. Um, <laughs> not the least of which is imposing taxes on us. But taxation is a violation of property rights, plain and simple, because they are taking away your right to own and control the fruits of your labor. It presumes that the government has a higher claim to your property than you do. You know, back in the day, the, the state or the monarch, um, they would just steal your money to, and use it to enrich the crown. Um, the, you know, the kings, the nobility, whatever. Then they began to wise up a little bit. And they figured out that if they started giving some of the money back that they stole, just a, just a, a portion of it, you know, they started giving some of the money that they steal away to the people, not only would that curry favor with a lot of the um, general population, um, but it was, it was almost as a, like seen as a way to legitimize the taxation. So they would take from a large portion of the population and distribute gifts, in a sense, they're just gifts, to people as a way to legitimize the theft that they're doing in the first place. That doesn't legitimize it. It's still theft. Theft is when property is taken from you under threat of violence. <laughs> and that's exactly what the government does. I mean, nobody would deny that. If you don't pay your taxes, they will violently come after you. They will either seize all of your, you know, your possessions until they've recouped the amount that you owe, or they'll throw you in a cage. If you don't pay your taxes, they'll come to your house and they'll take all your possessions. If you resist, men with guns will come, and, and if they don't kill you first for resisting, they'll throw you in a cage. If you don't file your tax returns, they'll throw you in a cage. That's how the state gets its money, by threatening to lock people in cages. 
Everything the government does, ultimately, is at the threat of violence. It comes from the barrel of a gun. By definition, there's, there's no disputing this. And the fact that part of the money that they steal from you isn't just used to line the pockets of scumbag politicians, but is redistributed as gifts to the to population that none of us actually asked for, or a lot of us actually didn't ask for, does not legitimize the theft. It just doesn't. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, look, if I come and knock on your door, you answer. I point one of my many, many firearms in your face and demand that you hand over 30% of your income. But don't worry, it's not for me. I will, I will redistribute it. I will take your money and distribute it to some of your favorite charities. And I have all these really good causes that I'm going to use your money for. And I call it taxation. So I give this nice fancy word. I can call it whatever I want, but it's theft. That's what it is. And it doesn't magically become morally acceptable, and it doesn't magically become not theft because I have good intentions or a good cause to put that money to, or I think I have you know, a better idea of what to do with the fruits of your labor than you do. You're only giving me the money in the first place because I've threatened to shoot you in the face if you don't. So what else would you call that? if not theft. Uh, Likewise, I also can't just pass a law to make it illegal for you to mow your lawn, then come over and mow your lawn for you without you asking me to do it, then knock on your door when I'm done with the same or maybe even a different firearm. I don't know, I I have several to choose from. And demand payment for my lawn mowing services. You weren't given a choice. That wasn't a legitimate contract between the two of us to exchange services for money. I specifically prohibited you from doing something, insisted on doing it myself, and then forced you to pay me for the privilege. I'm still expropriating you. I'm still expropriating money from you. The fact that you got your lawn mowed, even though you didn't ask me, ask me to do it or ask me for it, and worse, I made it criminal for you to mow it yourself. The fact that you got a little something in exchange for handing over some of your money at gunpoint does not legitimize that transaction. This is nonsense. But somehow, because the state does it, because some agent in a nice you know, blue uniform with a shiny badge, or whatever, uh, I guess, I don't know what IRS agents dress like, but um, some agent in a uniform that we've been propagandized to respect, because they give it a different name, they call it taxation, we don't consider it wrong or immoral. It's not theft. What else would you call it? If I, if I build a steel cage in my house and I walked up to you with a gun and demanded payment from you for all the awesome things that I do on a daily basis that, I never, that you never asked me to do, and if you don't pay me, I will either shoot you or I will throw you in the cage that I built, <laughs> what else would that be if not theft? Just because I call it something else or just because I put a nice official-looking outfit on, that doesn't change the nature of what I'm doing. I'm stealing from you. It's just like when the airlines reaccommodated that passenger a few years ago. <laughs> you guys remember this? Yeah, they, they reaccommodated him right upside the fucking head. Now, they claimed they were reaccommodating him. But is that what they really did? Did they reaccommodate him? Or did they beat his ass and drag him off the plane? And now, I know that's a much different situation, and I'd probably argue that he was trespassing at that point, etc. But 
the point is, just because we give things nice sounding words, which the government is unbelievably good at doing, it's one of the few things that they're doing is coming up with euphemisms for horrible things that they do. They come up with these nice sounding words. It doesn't change the nature of what they're actually doing. And you have to retrain yourself to see through their bullshit because they've been hammering this through. They've been hammering this into your brains your entire life. So you have to retrain yourself to see the state for what it really is. The fact that I even have to explain this to people to make these rudimentary arguments, and believe me, plenty of people have never heard them before. Uh, They never even considered it. What do you mean, taxation is theft? You know, it really does speak volumes to the government control over the education system and their ability to convince the everybody from a young age you know they they beat it into you that these are our wise and infallible overlords do not question their legitimacy or their authority this is for your own good it really is unbelievable i mean we're supposed to be a free people how in one hand can they teach us that we're supposed to be a free people that the foundation of this country was based on individualism and limited government and then at the same time claim that they have a, they have a moral claim to the majority of our income i mean we're, we're supposed to be born free people with inalienable rights how then can we owe someone something just for being born just for breathing just for existing but we've been we've been conditioned to believe that you know, we must submit to this higher power that is government, that they have the higher claim to the fruits of our labor, to our property, to our our right of self-determination. I mean, this whole thing is a scam. There's There's no difference between the mafia and the federal government, except that one has been legitimized through hundreds of years of brainwashing and propaganda. The government, I forget who always says this, might have been Michael Malice, if not him, probably Dave Smith, part of the problem. Great, both great, great podcast. But the government is nothing more than the mafia masquerading as a human rights organization. <laughs> I love that quote. I would love to give credit where credit is due, and I can't, I can't remember who said it, but it's a great quote because that's exactly what they do. That's exactly what they do. And if you think about it, the mafia is actually probably preferable to to what the government is. At least they have some sort of standards and rules that they abide by. You know, they only kill wise guys. Uh, they tend to leave women and children out of it. And they're only focused on gambling and prostitution. Well, I guess that's only because those are the things that are that the government makes illegal. But anyway, you know, it, it's like we have a countrywide epidemic of Stockholm Syndrome. And it's it's one of the many evils that come from democracy. And yes, I did just say democracy is evil for a number of reasons. I probably can't go into all of them today. But in this case, what I'm referring to is that democracy allows the government to give you this illusion of control over yourselves. It's one of the more brilliant pivots that government has, has made over the years. You know, when you had a monarchy... It was a lot harder to convince people to hand over a portion of their income or to fight in you know endless wars to enrich the crown because it was so much more naked as to what you were doing and why you were doing it. 
you were fighting for the king. You were kicking, you know, what made you a serf in those times was you had to click, kick 25% of, of, your, of your earnings to the, to the Lord. So it was much more naked. And w- one of the things that makes democracy so evil is that there's this illusion that we are the, the government. We, the people, are the government. And so it gives this weird legitimacy or this veil of legitimacy to everything that they do. So, yeah, you, you're paying your taxes, but it's not to enrich the crown. It's because, you know, we voted for it, and it's for the people, and the people is the government. You know, we're fighting these wars on the behalf of the American people. It's, it's very, it's, it's really evil is what it is. And it's been, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, we had all these monarchies in Europe for, basically as long as anybody could remember and as soon as we usher in democracy as soon as you know Woodrow Wilson goes out and tries to make the world safe for democracy you immediately get the rise of the most evil dictators the world has ever known I don't think that's a coincidence but you know the evils of democracy that's going to be a podcast for another day my point was, before I went on that tangent about democracy, is that it gives you this illusion. There's this illusion that you have some sort of control over what happens to you, over who governs you. As if, you know, giving you a say or a vote for who your master is once every couple of years makes you any less of a slave. we got to wake up. If, if slavery is when somebody takes 100% of your income... 100% of the fruits of your labor, at what percentage does it stop being slavery and it starts being taxation? You ever think about that? Of course not. I mean, the answer is fucking zero, okay? At zero percent, it stops being slavery. And it's not just the income tax. I mean, there are all, there are a laundry list of taxes. Uh, property taxes. Take property taxes. Property taxes indicate that, uh, indicates you can't and don't really own your property. It's so ironic that they call it a property tax. They use the the word property in the name of the fee that they force you to pay that in doing so literally negates any notion of it being your property. You're just renting it from the government. (sighs) There's an inheritance tax. Inheritance tax proves even further that we don't have a right to, to do with our property what we want even if we've already paid taxes on that property. Remember, anything that they take through the inheritance tax, that was already taxed the first time as income, as in, uh, investment income, as whatever. They've already taxed it once. Now they're hitting it again. Just remember, it, it's, always, it's always the property of the government, and you were just a steward of that property in life. In death, you return that property to its rightful owner, the state. That's the way you're being viewed. You are subjects of the government. You are not a free people. You are anything but that. Just because they let you vote in some meaningless elections where you get to choose between the equivalent of original recipe or extra crispy fried chicken, just because you get to choose your masters does not make you any less of a slave. And I look around, look around at how indoctrinated everyone is. I mean, my God. Look at how violently they will oppose you. 
Look at how violently they will oppose one another when the ideas they are so vehemently against are about five feet away from each other on the political spectrum. You know, uh, what do the Democrats want? Oh, we should be taxed at 40%, 50%. Oh, no, you fucking fascist, 25%. That's freedom. Jesus. And when I bring this up with people, they get incredibly angry with me, like totally triggered. They will defend being stolen from, expropriated, kidnapped, jailed, murdered until their dying breath. Oh, my social contract. And I don't mind paying taxes for the roads and national parks and education. You don't mind? That's great. How noble of you. Stroke a check. Stop trying to force your beliefs on other people. They've even got citizens collecting taxes on their behalf in the form of sales taxes. Of course, I mean, that's forced on them as well. You can't go into business and operate within their territory without collecting and paying protection money to the federal mafia. I mean, government, I beg your pardon, they'll shut you down. They'll literally, they literally collect a commission on every transaction that takes place. And if not, it's not considered, a, it, well, it's considered an illegal transaction. You know, there used to be a time in this country where tax avoidance was revered, and now, now you're ridiculed for avoiding being extorted and expropriated. The government has done such a good job conditioning their electorate that they will have people calling for your head if they find out you've, that you've minimized your theft burden by any, any margin. Or, you know, if you don't want to be stolen from so that you can, they can take your money and go bomb democracy into every third world country on the face of the earth. And if you're one of those people, you need to take a long look in the mirror and think about what you're advocating for. Because as I just laid out very clearly, and this is indisputable, taxation is theft. And listen, I mean, I don't, I don't blame most people for believing what they do, for falling victim to the state. I'd actually be surprised if many people survived, you know, 20 years of government education and didn't come out thinking exactly like that, that all the things that we enjoy in life come from government. And without our wise overlords in Washington, we'd all be living in some dystopian capitalistic hellhole. Of course. Why wouldn't they believe that? Why wouldn't when... When it's all over, why, why wouldn't they believe exactly what the government tells them? I mean, I, I've, I know. I get it. I've been there. I just I pity these people. And it's, it's really one of the reasons why I wanted to start this show, to get these ideas out there, to shatter this bullshit illusion of the state and show government for what it really is which is, you know, it's a group of people that has a legalized monopoly on the use of force that engages in theft of the population on a regular basis. The bottom line is that to advocate for an income tax means that you believe nobody owns the products of their labor, that we don't own our own bodies, that in fact those belong to the state, and it's up to the state to decide how much of what we earn they will allow us to keep. And by doing so, as I mentioned earlier, you are in fact advocating for slavery. If you don't own the product of your labor, and you can't own property, everything essentially belongs to the state, then there's nothing wrong with slavery, right? So what if the slave owners get to keep all the income, all the fruits of your labor? They do provide the slaves with housing, food, 
water, medical care if they get sick. So obviously there's no problems with that, right? Slavery is just the price we pay to live. You see what I mean? Is that really the position you want to take? You know, I I see myself, and maybe this is a little hubris, but a lot of libertarians, we see ourselves as abolitionists, like modern-day abolitionists. And it's really funny because the people that advocate for the income tax would be the people back when slavery was the law of the land, when it was socially acceptable by the majority of people. Everyone that will tell you that, you know, tax, taxes are the price we pay for civilized society, those are the same people that would be on board with slavery way back when. It's us, the libertarians, the free thinkers. We would be the people back in 1860 talking about how slavery was immoral and it should be abolished. That's the irony of all this. Because I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there listening or that will be listening to this, that will hear this, that will hear these arguments, and they'll think we're the immoral ones because we don't want to fund all these wonderful things that government does. We're, we're the bad ones. We're the bad guys. We don't have a moral leg to stand on because we're the assholes that don't want to fund health care for everyone or welfare benefits for, for the less fortunate. We don't want to build the roads. They've got it ass backwards. It's not that we don't want to fund it. It's that we don't want to fund it through theft, through coercion. We just realize that there are better ways that we can organize society. All right, so I'm going to wrap there for now. I am by no means done discussing this. (laughs) Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, I'm sure. But this will probably be part one. In part two, I'm going to take on like pretty common arguments that you're going to hear against everything that I just laid out. The argument for the social contract and common thoughtless refrains that people have people give in favor of taxation. So I think it's pretty interesting stuff. That's going to be in part two. So I'm going to wrap here. Thanks for listening, everybody. I love you all except for the ones that openly support taxation. You're all dead to me. I'm just kidding. Anybody that would listen to me talk for 45 minutes or so, how could I hate you? How could you be dead to me? I hope I just have at least opened your mind to the possibility that taxation is wrong. Um, and if you like the show, if you know somebody that you think needs to hear these these messages... Go ahead and share it with them. Share it with as many people as possible. Give us a five star on iTunes and Stitcher and all that good stuff. Until next time, just remember that taxation is theft. Peace. Peace.